So, I'm excited to be here, and we've been looking forward to being with you so much. And um, thank you for joining in worship in a different way, because I know that it is different. Like, we really didn't know where that was going to go for a while, and that's kind of scary when you're a musician, because you want to get it right. And, uh, you know, I felt the Lord say to me once, he says, you know, you can be so right and be so wrong. Be so, you know, if you want to just get it right, you might lose the fun, and you don't see the scenic route of the beauty of God, and so he's wonderful. I'm going to tag on that Messiah worry thing. Um, I'm, I feel like I'm a child of the nations. Uh, just to give you a tiny bit of background, I was born in the U.S. because my mum had left my dad for a short time because he was a naughty man. <laughs> and um, so she was pregnant with me. She had me in the U.S., came back to Italy where they got back together again. So I'm fluent in Italian. I'm a real Aussie Italian. <laughs> and... Um, I lived here for many years. We arrived here uh, when I was six years old. So and that was about 20, whatever, I don't know how many, 40, 50 years ago. And we lived here until about 23, 24 years ago. So, um, but I feel like I'm a child of the nations. I don't really know where I belong. I just know that when you worship God with everything, he'll give you his heart. But you know when he said, ask of me, and I'll give you the nations as your inheritance. What happens is just purely this. The planet gets squished into your heart. That's what happens. And you no longer just see your own tribe and your own people. Because, I mean, I love the Italians. Io amo gli italiani. Io sono italiana. Mi piace molto il caffè, il gelato e la pizza, i spaghetti. Tutte quelle belle cose che dobbiamo mangiare, vero? Eh? No, um, but you know, so many tribes, and you know, those of you that maybe were thinking, well, I don't know if this is like legit, you know, this singing in this way, going in these, and I felt the Lord say, you know, just as you come from a certain nation, and there are nations you have never been to, guess what, those nations do exist, just because you've never seen them, does not mean that they don't exist. Just because you've never tasted the food does not mean that it's not a true nation. It is. And there are things in God's spirit and God's presence that we have not yet experienced. Come on. There you go. Come on. Yeah. And there is so much more. I, I don't know how to tell you this, but God is not a tall male, pale male with a guitar. Oh, no. I, I object. Now, sit down. <laughs> Sit down. <laughs> God is a trinity. He's a relationship. And uh, I've seen him appear in many nations as that tribal people. And so I, I remember in an encounter I was in for about two hours. You can ask my family in our church. They had to carry me out of this place. And um, I just said to the Lord that night, I want to see your glory. That's all I said. <laughs> and I went into a place and lived, yes. It's, it's merciful that we come back in one piece. But in this place, one of the visions that I had was of the Messiah warriors. 
And um, there were a whole lot of them, just, I mean, like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. And I remember saying, wow, this must be Kenya. I remember my studies as a child, and I thought, this is amazing. I've always wanted to see this. And they were there by the hundreds, jumping up and down. And I knew that they were worshiping God. They were in God's presence as warriors. When I came out of that time, and the next day I tried to explain, I had multiple visions that night. But I said, Lord, it's not enough that I just see this. I want to meet Kenyans. I want to go to Kenya. And so it took a year. I made contact. Uh, I found a man who um, was a wonderful man. All he wanted to do was partner with our church in prayer. So for a whole year, we exchanged prayer things. So we said, okay, what is your area need? They said, well, we're going through elections. It's very violent. Please pray for our nation. So I said, guys, we have to pray for Kenya. And suddenly a nation that I never thought about became part of our heart. And um, I've, you know, hadn't been, I still didn't know who this person was. I met his family. In fact, the way I got invited in is I began to describe what was happening to his wife. I said, your wife is lying down now and she's not well. Is that right? He goes, you are a prophet. I said, well, she hasn't. She said, I said, pray for her right now. The illness is going. And she was instantly healed. Come on. I got to meet her. She's a beautiful woman. Bernard and Dorothy and younger. And they, uh, I got to see them and visit them a year later. I went with uh, Jordan our son who wasn't married at the time and we went on to this I mean it took a long time to get to the little town it's like oh my gosh and Beta is not easy to get to and um, you make friends with mosquitoes because I couldn't take the medication so I was like you're my friends but don't bite me <laughs> mosquitoes you're my friends Jesus made you but you can't bite me okay <laughs> just peace you know and um I was so sick, I could hardly eat. I was like 10 days, I was just vomiting. I couldn't keep anything down. But honestly, it was the most glorious time. I remember the first time I saw this man and I ran to hug him like he was my family because I'd met him in the spirit. And um, as a consequence, this is five years ago, uh, there is a wonderful work there now. We encourage them to do a school. They have a school of about 80 kids, I think, or more. They have an orphanage um, like a place for about eight, 80 children. The school's bigger than that, but the orphanage is about 80 kids. And another church in Australia that we've met now, we've become friends up in Brisbane, um, have partnered in financing and helping. Not only that, but there are sustaining programs that have started now. We encourage them to you know, look at sustaining programs on the land, and they're having millies on the land, and making peanut butter, and ovens with bread, and fresh bread, and there's there's a whole lot of business being generated. We're so excited. I haven't been back, but the work is growing. That was out of one encounter. One encounter. We don't own Kenya. You don't have to own anything. You've just got to, he says, ask of me and I'll give it to you. I'll just give it to you. It's a gift. Love is a gift. And when we say thank you very much, he just actually makes room for other people. So that's what these encounters are about. What I'm going to share with you is about what Jesus does to us in order to change us so that we're just nicer people, actually. Really, that's the bottom line, right? We just become more like him. Um, one day I was in prayer, and um, the whole of my prayer kind of vision became black. It became like a massive sky, just pitch black with just stars. And I found myself in the middle of the desert in Australia. And... 
I looked up and there was a, a dark, very dark man standing with a spear as well. And I came close to him and when I looked in his eyes, they were also full of stars. They were dark, dark eyes of an Aboriginal man and his eyes were full of stars. And I remember looking and saying, this is Abraham's inheritance. It's not just out in the heavens, it's actually inside of him. And he said, that's right. He says, I'm a warrior in Australia. And uh, I wrote a song that's on one of our albums called Night Sky. And one of the tags we sing out, your family like a night sky, um, stars in your bright eyes. So when we see odd lyrics, honestly, people are either having acid trips or otherwise they're in Jesus' presence. <laughs> if, you don't know, if you don't know the difference, I promise you there's fruit on this side. It's good fruit. We have had so many Aboriginal people come and visit. We are actually not in an area where they live a lot. Uh, eastern suburbs of Sydney, pretty much none of the coastal areas have a lot of Aboriginal people. They were driven a lot of way into the inner land and the drier areas. And there's a lot of pain in our nation. A lot of pain. Like, a lot. And, um, you know, many years ago we had uh, our Prime Minister stood up and said sorry to the nation, basically saying, look, you know, if you don't know, there was stolen generation. Uh, many children were taken from parents and just taken. They never knew where they went. And it was horrific. Unbeknown to us, a man who was now in his 40s came to visit our church. And um, he was often going walk about. You know, they do. They go. They come visit and then they go walk about. You don't see them for months. Um, and he came to visit and we prayed for him. I felt to call him out and, and prophesy over him an Aboriginal man, and he went uh, out under the power of God, and he just was there for about two hours on the stage in an encounter, and God took him into heaven and introduced him to his mum. He was, he was stolen. He was taken when he was young, and his mother died before he, he found out where she was when he was older, but she had two weeks to live. She was very sick, and he never got a chance to talk to her, and he was really heartbroken. It had taken over the sorrow had taken over his heart. And um, he comes to visit. We didn't know any about, anything about this. We just prophesied life over him. And in this encounter, he sits on this bench. There was a woman waiting for him, and she was young. And she introduces herself to him and says, Hi, son. And told her how proud she was of him. And um, it was amazing. He came out of that, and he began to talk just like Connor. He said, I met the lion. And the lion came to me, and then he jumped into me. And then he jumped out again. And we all look at him like, where did he go? What happened? He goes, I don't know, but he's never left me now. He says he's with me. And he's now married. He has children. And he came to visit the other day and gave his testimony. And it was a, a wonderful blessing to hear of encounters that have effect, that have fruit to that. So when you're, yeah, so when you're with the Lord, take those times seriously. And don't just think that you're hanging out with anybody. You're hanging out with a guy who, who launched stars into the sky. Stuff cam, comes out of his hands. He has power that comes out of his hands. He speaks things and they are created. How amazing. That's the guy you're talking to. It's awesome, isn't it? So um, if I went on a fast. In fact, I'm kind of still on it, but 
The Lord said to me, I want you to come away with me 21 days, and I want you to look at Revelation 21, 21. So I did. This was just a few weeks ago, and he said, um, Revelation 21, 21 speaks about the 12 gates around, uh, that, are, that are in heaven. It talks about the new Jerusalem. It speaks about the bride of heaven. Anyway, it speaks, he describes the 12 gates that are made of 12 solid pearls. And I said, Lord, what on earth is that? I don't know the full story. I just know a little bitty piece. He said, well, if anything is made of a solid pearl, it means that there is no crack in it. There's no division. It doesn't have bits to it. It's just a solid. He said, what I'm doing on the earth is I'm releasing a governmental wisdom that is going to affect pretty much all of society. And the believers that take the spirit of wisdom and that learn to govern this well will come into not only just wisdom, that will come into health and wealth. When I talk about wealth, it isn't just money, because I've got six kids and I'm wealthy. It means that you have a wealthy spirit. And you never get scared that if I can pray for a thousand people that there's going to run out. There's, there's always more than enough. That's wealth. I, I'm not afraid that if I give, you know, I've got to get home because I'm not sure if I've got enough for tomorrow. <laughs> I've, got to, I've got to make sure I've got enough. God says, let go of enough because there is more. When people say there is more than enough, well, that's true because enough is not enough. Jesus never, ever just gave enough. Two fish, five loaves. There were 12 baskets left over. What's that? That's wisdom. Oh, that's wastage. No, it's wisdom. So God's presence is the same. If he can multiply fish and loaves, how much more his presence? Do you know how he does that? With you. <laughs> That's how he multiplies the presence of God in the body of Christ, is with you. He fills you up and then you go and infect your whole area, your home. You can pray for plants and they'll grow better. You can. You can bless everything that's alive. Everything. He blesses your livestock. Man, the Jewish people knew this before the new covenant. They blessed everything. Everything was blessed. How about you go to your dry patch of ground and you bless that ground and you say, God, bless this ground. I believe, honestly, that in the next 10 years, most of the society will know how to grow vegetables, grow their own things, know how to love creation, plants, this planet. You begin to treat the planet. I've just got a quick story that I, that, that I remembered. Keith is a good friend of ours. He's a farmer in Zululand. And uh, he, he really took these words that we've been prophesying over the land and putting your hands on the soil. And he had this encounter where he saw himself going down into the ground and blessing the soil of the earth. And he said he felt a bit awkward at first. Uh, he, he lives in these quite saline um, mud flats in, in Zululand. And so the, crop, the crops of sugar that come from his farms and the farms of his neighbors are actually the poorest uh, quality sugar that comes out of that area. But that's where he lives, that's where he farms, and he helps his neighbors, and that's what they do. So he, about in November last year, he went down on his hands and knees. He said the, the guy on the truck with him looked at him very strangely. 
And he went down, and he laid hands on the soil, and he blessed the soil. He said, Father, bless the soil, bless this farm. We're going to see increase. We're going to see the blessing of the soil, the blessing of the crops. And then he we got in his truck. And, and then a month later, as the harvest started to come, he started to harvest it. And he said, in the, 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 that area, they have a, a, a grading system, the the, the the sugar mill releases the top 10 uh, producing uh, sugars and the bottom 10. And he's always been in the bottom 10 for years, him and his neighbors, because the quality of soil is poor. No one expects him ever to be even in the middle and never anywhere near the top. That week, the results came out. Where was his, his crop? Number one. Number one. The second week, he thought this, this could be a fluke. It, it sounds a good, it, look, it, it looks too good to be true because there's no way in the natural you could ever go anywhere, even into the middle. But his crop was completely transformed. He has been in the top, the, number one, ever since that prayer. Every time his sugar is the top in, in the whole area. He said he, he doesn't, he, no one can explain it. The, the mill can't explain it. His neighbors are cheesed off, but it doesn't help because God came through. Come on. So good. All right. I'm going to do one about uh, encounter for energy. I've noticed that in cities and Johannesburg, it's the same. Sydney, definitely. Um, people are always saying they're tired. Are some of you feeling tired right now? Yeah, I know, right? So um, I have a great remedy for you. <laughs> <laughs> I had um, glandular fever uh, many years ago. I had just two kids at the time. I was diagnosed and I was exhausted. I was sweating all the time. I was <clears throat> very run down. And the doctor said, this will never leave your body. You will continuously, you will just have to get better. But every time you get a cold or whatever, it could flare up again. That's not good news, right? No, it's not good news. I hate it. <laughs> like, I don't like news like that. But, you know, you have to respect. Okay. So, um, <laughs> I was in an encounter one day, and the Lord said to me, I'm going to increase your energy with every child that you have. That's a different kind of, like, economy, because usually, oh, we get tired. <laughs> like, no, it was, honestly, it was increasing energy every time. And so we've had six. <laughs> I'm very energetic. <laughs> I get tired when I go to sleep, right? But I had an encounter, and the Lord said, the Lord took me in, uh, to the, the living creatures. And um, <clears throat> the face of the ox was in my face, you know, because the four faces, we like the lion, we like the eagle, the man's pretty cool, but, but this was the ox. And the face of the ox was in my face, and his nostrils just flared, and he just blew on me. That's all I did. And so I, I went, oh, that's all I remember. It was very short. But I tell you what, it was like, I don't know what happened, but I got super duped up. And every time I get really tired, I say, Lord, is there, is there fresh energy for me? Because there's fresh energy for you. That's simple, right? Who wants to receive the kingdom like a child? Right? And we go, no, that's too good to be true. We need to sleep. You need, some of you, you sleep forever and you're never refreshed. You know what? You need 
You need a fresh breath from the face of God. He creates in order to create more energy. That's what he does. God never raids his people. He never raids the ground. In fact, jubilee means it's a time of favor and a time of rest from all the labor that we try and do. We strive to have more. Now listen, good health is really good. Green smoothies are tops. Eat, you eat all your green veggies, <laughs> for sure. But these are things that happen in the spirit. Another time I was in a meeting, very conservative meeting. It's very embarrassing when God overwhelms you in a conservative meeting. Yeah, it's okay. You'll think, ah, you know, she's like, whatever. But in these meetings, everyone is like, they're standing. They have men with those little wires. And if anything's happening, they go, row five. And they go like, shh, 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 you know? I'm in this meeting, I'm just worshiping, worshiping, and then I realize everybody's gone because I'm the only one left there. And I, could, I think that I'm going to come out of this and then go and have a cup of tea with everybody outside, but I couldn't wake up. So I opened my eyes, <clears throat> and I was standing in the mouth of a lion. I had one hand on one tooth, the other hand on the other tooth my feet on the tongue, and I'm like, and I'm looking outwards, I'm like, wow. The next thing I hear the roar from behind me that terrified me. It's moving from behind me, it moves through my back and through my stomach, and as it comes out the front, it becomes English. He said, you will never be afraid of witchcraft again. I'm standing there, and I get so overwhelmed. They call it being drunk in the spirit, because I, I, you know, you only need one kind of drunk, and that's in the spirit. Like, who wants to do anything else? And I was completely overwhelmed, so I couldn't walk. I couldn't get out the building. And these two people came up to me. They said, "Madam, they're bending on the floor. Madam, you have to leave the building." I said, "I can't." Now I'm thinking, I should be afraid of these people. I'm thinking, but it's becoming very funny because they're getting cross now. No, madam, we're serious. We're, I said, I actually can't move. I said, can you call my son? They said, who's your son? I said, his name is Jordan. So Jordan comes, he's a big guy. You know, big, comes, he goes, mom, mom, what are you doing? Again, you're on the floor, again. <coughs> he takes me up, picks me up, and he props me in a chair in the foyer with all these very decent people that are sipping tea and cookies. And I'm slumped on a chair like... And now Finney's nowhere to be seen because he's Mr. Friendly. If I take him anywhere, he makes friends with everybody. There's no hope of seeing him again. He's gone. (laughs) So now they're gonna try and get me down this very expensive hallway, it's got carpets, it's beautiful. I know every inch of that carpet because I crawled. (laughs) Apparently Finn went to get the car. It was in the middle of the city, a massive building thing. And I'm crawling on my hands and knees because now Jordan can't carry me all the way. I'm heavy, you know. And I'm crawling all the way to the car and I'm thinking, this is so humbling, but it's so funny. (laughs) It's so funny. I'm thinking, these guys are thinking, man, And like, just imagine if they found out she's a pastor. (laughs) Crawling on her hands and knees. Anyway, I have faced many times of witchcraft since then. 
I'm faced with the temptation to be afraid, but I'm more terrified of that roar that came through my back. And I remember that he said, you will never be. So I just obey now. (laughs) You know? So sometimes we have visitors in our church, and and they do, and sometimes they'll stand really close, and they cross with you, because they write me letters before, and they they abuse, you know? They go, you you didn't greet me, and I don't know, there's some visitor or something, and they'll sit there, and and they witchcraft you, you know? I am cross with you. You did not give me attention. And they're there. And sometimes I'll take some of my kids and I'll say, honey, would you just stand? Just there, just block the view and just worship. But sometimes they disappear, right? So now I have that, that visual. And they're psyching me out. And, and the Lord said, you know, like John the Baptist, he ate locusts. But locusts were actually a, a um, plague for Israel. So you just got to eat. You got to get strength from the thing that's supposed to be your enemy. You can get strength from it. So I thought, oh, that's a lot of fun. So I'm still tempted. I still go, oh, they're right there. They've, they've been sent. You think you've only got witch doctors and, and, and things here in Africa. They're everywhere. They honestly are everywhere. They're sent. And sometimes they get free of the demons, and sometimes if the demons won't come out, the demons take the people out. You know, if the demons won't come out... Like his demons can come out, right? But sometimes people give us a break, which is nice. It's nice to have a break sometimes, right? Especially in church services. But, you know, that's, that's mostly where, where people that are super angry will be attracted to because there is always a possibility that they can choose God. So I think encounters give us, make, should make us robust you know, I, um, before we came on a trip, somebody, you know, I remember I spoke this morning, don't quote me with a pink background. Well, they did. They took one of my quotes, they put me in a pink background. They said, this is what she says. And somebody who's not enamored at all, they said, oh my gosh, I cannot believe this beep, beep, beep person. And they just abused. I got so excited. I'm like, this is promotion. <laughs> I couldn't wait to show the family, but somebody else took it off. I was like, no, I wanted to be promoted. Bible says when people persecute you, like jump for joy, leap for joy, because great is your reward in heaven. So why is there a reward in heaven? Because you're doing something in heaven. You are shifting something in a realm that you cannot see yet. And the more you believe that there is that realm that's alive and that's real, that is working with you, the more you'll release that on the earth. The more and more you will release that on the earth. So... um, We've created about five schools now because we want to teach people how to read the Bible, how to understand what's happened to them as Christians, how to know why Jesus wants to encounter them. We have a whole school of eight weeks that's just on the love of God, how to be loved by God. Do you know that humans need to be taught? Babies don't. Babies are born geniuses. They know exactly how to get everything. And again, it's like you're there, right? And then they learn how to be independent and all that. But I tell you what, we need to relearn how to receive the love of God. So one of the things we do when, we, when people encounter God in meetings like this or at home or whatever is we say, don't rush off. Don't be in such a hurry with God. He's really looking for friends. He's looking for people who actually believe 
that they can be carriers of his secrets. You know, because it takes a lot of love to carry a lot of stuff he wants to tell you. Right? Some of the stuff that he tells people, it won't always make you the most popular person on the planet. Not because you're being horrible, but because you have information on stuff. So um, we're busy training some teams now that are getting information on things. And I went to a school, a couple of schools in the U.S. with friends of ours who literally they're teaching on how to have the prophetic words of knowledge to find missing children. And so they'll get addresses or cars, vehicles, details that they can give um, forensic and detectives so they can work with that. So that's what we're doing now. We're doing that too. We're getting information on drugs that are coming in from other nations, what the ingredients are, what the things are, what is happening. We're doing it so that we can be a blessing to the nation. You know, why should we do damage control when we can advance the kingdom? Advancing the kingdom doesn't look like damage control. Damage control means I have to be on the defensive and I have to cope. Oh God, another hit. I'm just going to have to cope. God says, you will... You, if you're happy there, stay there, but there is more. There is more. Um, I'm not going to read all the 21. I knew that, that I wouldn't have time for that tonight, but I will tell you a couple more. Um, when I was 27 years old, probably my most profound encounter with the Lord, it was my birthday, and we were at a meeting, and I thought, well... It's the eve of my birthday. The next day was my birthday. I said, Lord, I don't want my next 27 years to be the same. I, I don't want to be the same. I want to change. So I'm not moving from this carpet until you touch me, touch my life. So I lay there for a long time. Nothing was happening. Everyone was going home. I thought, this looks really stupid, me lying here. You know, I said, I'm not leaving. I'm stubborn. I'm not leaving, God. Mm -mm. And I lay there. And the next thing, my ears started buzzing. And I thought something had flown in. I thought a bug had flown in. And so I heard this voice. He said, put your hand to your ear. So I did. And he said, I've called you. No man has called you, but I've called you. You're going to hear my word. You'll speak it. No sooner had I done that, and I got taken up into a realm where two angels didn't speak. They just went like this to me. And they just, we all floated up. And I was in a crater. It looked like a massive crater. And God God's throne was way, way in the front. But all these babies, there were um, millions and millions of little babies that hadn't been fully formed. Like their little hands look like when you look at a, at a um, yeah, ready, scan, like a baby scan. When you, when you see babies at about, whatever, from three to, yeah, fetus. And... Um, they were from all over Asia, they were from all over, all over the nations, but I, I noticed the Asian ones, and there were millions and millions and millions of them, with their little hands up, and you could see the light streaming through their unformed hands, and I knew they were worshiping God, and I thought, well, where am I? What am I seeing? He said, you're in Mount Zion. I went, wow, and he said, right, you're going to sing songs for the nations. I was like, Right. As I, as I came around, I asked Finn, I was a completely different person. He said, who on earth are you? What has God done to my wife? And I said, I have to tell people what God is saying. We have to sing songs for nations. We have to write songs. And I, I never knew what those babies were. But, I, you know, we, in Australia, they're trying to pass a law now 
to kill, and they have passed a law in one of the states to kill babies um, right up to birth, full term. They've passed it in New York State, in the US, and, um, and I remember thinking, oh my gosh, these are all the ab aborted children. These are all the miscarried children. There was a realm where they were all worshiping God. And so, although that gives me great hope, I remember thinking, well, what can we do about that? So, in Australia, they're very proactive now into trying to organize homes and change the laws. So, for years, we've been decreeing in New South Wales, our state where we live, that there will be a change of law in our state that will set the tone for the rest of the nation. And I guess what? New South Wales has, is being responsible for changing the adoption laws because nine children only were adopted last year and how many? 70,000 were aborted. That's not right. No, not one should be aborted, but nine adoptions. So we are seeing change in legislation because we are decreeing, let there be light. Arise, shine, for your light has come. Why? So that you can release light on the earth. Light has already gone out into orbit. We need light here now. He says, you are salt, you are light. You are the light of the earth. So just hold your hands if you want to. You don't have to, but if you want to, you can. Holy Spirit, we just thank you that you're activating people's lights. That whatever light they have, you want to increase that. Whatever presence they have, you want to increase that. Whatever revelation they're carrying right now, you want to increase that. You want more than enough. We thank you, Father, that you give them um, night dreams, night visions. That's, for some of you, I just see you're going to go to sleep. In the next few weeks, you're going to have dreams where God is teaching you and showing you new things that you're going to be involved in, that you're going to be developing. Maybe it's a business plan. Maybe it's something that comes to you in a dream. God can speak to you in a dream and say, go here, change this. Put this into play. It's amazing what God can do in just dreams. So, Father, we just thank you that you, you said you'd pour out your spirit on all flesh, that your sons and daughters would prophesy, they would have visions. Why? So that we could have vision. So we thank you that visions would cause people to have vision and that you'd increase the capacity to remain in your presence. I thank you you take our wriggle bugs and you settle them. You allow us to focus and to stay in your presence just a little bit longer. We just thank you for that, Lord. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you. All right, I'm going to tell you maybe one, maybe one more. No, not one more. What's the hurry? No hurry at all. I'm going to tell you what happened in Hong Kong many years ago. How many of you were in Hong Kong? No, maybe a couple of you were in that. You were in that meeting with the fire angels? We were in a meeting um, 2007. And um, we didn't used to talk about angels much. How many of you know you can get a little bit nervous? People get nervous of you too. They go, I oh, don't talk to that lady. She talks about angels. It's like, she's strange. So we were in this meeting. We're on the stage. And it's really hard not to talk about things when you can really see them vividly. So for me, they appeared and it was really vivid. And I'm like, how can you ignore what's happening? 
And I was on the stage and the air changed and all of a sudden on either side of the wall, there were rows of these fire angels. They looked, their heads looked like flames and they lined both sides. And there was one at the back who was bigger than all of them and the Lord said, that's the head fire angel. He's, the, he's in charge of all these. And I looked at him and he was standing behind a man who was in the back row, who was just sitting and he just took his torch and the torch was a massive fire flame and he just put it on his head. And I said to Finn, that man's head's on fire. He said, what are you talking about? I said, that big angel with a big torch has just torched that man's head. So he took the microphone and he said, tell them. So I took the microphone, I'm like, okay, this could be my last gig ever. <laughs> this is my exit now. Or maybe this is God, because you don't always know, right? I said, okay, I'm standing here and what I'm seeing, I'll describe to you. I said, I'm seeing what look like fire angels on this side and on that side. And I was about to say something and this man jumps out of his chair, he runs to the front, he said, my head's on fire. I got so excited. I said, yes, I know, right? It's from fire. See everybody. Because I hadn't got to that part. And, no, and, then, and then I started to get really bold. I thought, there's fire. Angels of fire. I thought, where's their fire? Around the throne. Angels of the covenant. God's here to reveal the covenant of God. This is great. God's releasing fire. All right, so the angels are here to do a job. And if you want fire, just receive it now. And we just did that. And people just got thrown out, thrown out of their chairs. You remember that? People fell through their chairs. They're not nice chairs like these. They were like plastic, really cheap chairs. But broke 27 chairs we had to pay for. <laughs> people were so filled with fire. It was shocking. And I was as shocked as everybody else. I went back home and I started to study prolifically. I just thought, God... We know too much about demons. They're ugly outfits that jump on people and that make people really very sick. We don't know about the other two thirds that don't do that. What do they do? And what on earth are they doing? So let's learn about this. And so one of the schools we teach all about why God made angels. Why would he do that? He's very comfortable with them, by the way. And, and he's very comfortable. He's very comfortable with lots of them. You heard about music angels. I've seen angels that sing and their mouths are open and they sing through each other's mouths in a row. They stand in rows. I've seen screaming angels that just decree a loud noise and they bring justice to the earth. They're, they're screamers. It's weird, it's like, right? And I'm like, wow. They, and they just open their mouths and they're just full throttle. And it's worship because they're saying outcrying against injustice. Um, but anyway, these fire angels, I got back home and for the following four years, every meeting that I went to, I would have to have two or three changes of clothes because I would vibrate so fast. I felt like I was on fire. I went for tests. This is 2017. To see if I was going through menopause. It sounds weird, right? Because I thought I'm having the flushes. <laughs> but it's so bad that it's happening only during meetings. And I realized, no, this, they said, no, you're not, you're not. That's not what it is. So I said, this has to be you, Lord. So I began to lean into it. And I said, Lord, if this is you, increase this. I had more revelation in that time than I've ever had before. I've written things that I know that if I've got, just give me one month, I'll be able to publish four different books. 
During that time, God revealed so many things about his covenant to me that were phenomenal. It was life-changing. It's so much so that our kids know. You know, kids don't have to wait for long to find out, you know, to get, hit their heads on the wall before they find out who they are in Christ. So we have kids that they just know who God is. You know, our son came through the other day. I was very unwell about two months ago. Something had happened. I can't remember what it was. And um, he came in the room and Finn was busy. So I said, yeah, I'd love some prayer. And he looked at Finn and he goes, why aren't you praying? He says, come here, mom. He goes, I demand that the sickness comes off your body right now. This is how he prays. So he's not going to go, well, maybe God, possibly, if you could just be so kind. He's just demanding things in Jesus' name. Come on. Um, and that's the generation that we're seeing rise up now. That whatever we won't obey God in, we are blocking the view for the next generation. Whatever we are resisting God in, we are causing a multiplication of resistance behind us. Whatever we are faltering in and being insecure in, we will create a culture of that. So I'm after that. I'm saying, God, roar through us. God, strengthen us. Why do you need fresh energy? So we can keep going till we drop dead. I hope we drop dead as we're preaching or as we are laying hands on the sick, as we're doing something, because I don't want to retire. I don't even know what a retirement home is for for us. I don't know what we're going to do. I don't want to knit. Because if I start, if you just give me two sticks, I'll start drumming. Pretty sure I'm going to do that. <coughs> we have a grandchild, and I wasn't ready to be a grandmother because I don't even know what that's supposed to feel like. But, and now he's a drummer too. Like he hears rhythms and he does that. And if you go, eh, oh, he goes, eh, oh, he copies you. You know, he's, he's, uh, we're hoping that he's got perfect pitch, but it's, we're working at it, you know. <laughs> it's like, because we correct it. No, no, not eh, oh, we go, eh. And just go a little bit higher, and he like looks at you. And he's like, no, lift a little, just juice. Yeah, he's 14 months. He's <laughs> Stop them young, I say. Stop them young. Um, our own son, he's now that one I was talking to you about, the 12. We have four beautiful girls, by the way. I know we don't talk about them much, but we seem to talk about the boys more. But shall I tell them the story about when he was born? When I was pregnant with our last one, look, I was tired. I was like almost 45. I was like, you know, dude, okay. No, I was 43. I was like, gee, this is tiring. I should have started earlier, you know. Ooh, it's heavy. So I kept going back for checks at the hospital, and I said, can you check me again? I feel like something's not right. They said, you're fine. You've done this before. Go home. I'm like, no, you know. So I always go to the birthing center. They're very easy births. They send you home the same day. They're like, just sign here. Go home. You know, what the, you know the drill. You've had a baby. Just try and rest a little bit. So we don't, you know, we go to church because <laughs> we, we, that's our family. So... Um, Anyway, this, this time we're, uh, we, 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 I get into the birthing center and the lady says, I don't normally work in this department. I'm from upstairs. And I thought, oh, that's not a good sign. So I'm like, well, I'm, I'm going to give water. I'm going to have a water birth probably. So do you want me to fill up? <laughs> do you know how to do this? I'm like, okay, I could help. Anyway, so she says, I haven't got the right gloves. And, I'm not, you know. and I thought, wow, this, is, this doesn't bode very well for us. Anyway, I'm in the water and they're monitoring the heartbeat of the baby. And as soon as my water's broke, two hours later, she said, oh, I, I want you to come out the water now. Something's, I'm, I'm a little concerned. Um, 
Well, basically, she didn't tell me, but the heartbeat went. So, came out of the water, and 45 minutes later, I gave birth, and it, it was way too much blood. So, basically, what had happened was, Zaki was, had just basically bled to death. The umbilical cord had uh, burst, and all the blood had gone from his body. So, he had no blood. He was just, I know he's a white baby, but he was like death white. And he came out, and he was just like this little rattle in his throat. And so... The lady didn't act too quick. I don't know if she thought, well, he's dead. There's no rush. Let's just cut the cord. So she acted very weird. She cut the cord, and then she just said, I'm coming right back. She whipped him off and ran down the corridor, and I'm left there going, well, nobody's saying anything. But the Lord had warned me. He said to me, I'm giving you two angels for your birth. And I thought, oh, no, I'm going to have a cesarean. I hate that. Oh, that's what I thought, Um, because I only had natural births. And so... I, I thought again, I thought, well, these are the two angels must be here now. Surely they're here. Um, my sister came in and she began praying for me and they didn't explain what happened. The baby had gone, didn't know where they'd gone. And the pediatrician comes back in and um, he said, look, we don't know if we can save him. He, we don't know how long he hasn't had oxygen for, how long he hasn't been breathing for. So I can't promise anything. Uh, can we give him a transfusion? I said, sure, do whatever you've got to do. I felt so calm. It was a very weird moment. And, um, but I remember the Lord had promised us a son in Revival. I knew I couldn't carry another one. So I said, Lord, even if, you just, even if he's alive for a few moments, I will have that. But you promised me. You did. You said, I'll give you a son in Revival. So I said, I want Revival and I want a son. So <clears throat> anyway, Jordan comes in. He, he was now, I don't know how many years old, by then 12 years ago. So he was until a teenager. He says, Mom, don't worry about anything. This is just like my dream. I said, what dream? She goes, oh, Dad told me not to tell you. But it's okay if I tell you now the baby's born. He says, he says Zach was born dead. We prayed for him, and then he came back to life. So he sits on the bed. He goes, I'm really hungry. What are we having for lunch? I said, okay, that's, that's a good dream. So then he says, yeah, and somebody else had the same dream, apparently. Dad told me. I said, who? He goes, that guy, friends of yours across... The bridge, he goes, they had exactly the same dream, same thing. He lifted him up like, and he came to life, right? So I'm like, oh, my gosh. So like, now I'm getting excited. I'm like, what God's going to do? And the doctors come back. They say, we've got him on all wires. We've got him in a machine to start him breathing again. Another lady comes in. They go, no, 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 he's, he's pulled the wires out now. He's so strong. Yeah, oh, he's a strong one, that one, you know? So... Finn had gone in with George. They just prayed. They said, don't worry, Mom. We've gone and we've prayed for him. He's going to be fine. That's the siblings. So I'm thinking, well, I should be rejoicing. I, so I, there was no weeping. There was no nothing. I just remember we had to feed him with little earbuds for a couple of days. You know, you dip the milk in the earbuds. And, you, and I sat in that room with all these babies on machines. And I thought the presence of God here. I went to each worker in that room and I said, I just want to thank you for the work that you do. You guys are amazing. You look after these little kids 24-7 and you come and you do your shift work. They go, yeah, but it's just what we do. I said, no, it's very special. You know why it's special? Because I'd been into heaven and I saw all the babies that didn't make it. God loves doctors. He loves nurses. He loves people that want to help keep children alive. So Zaki is very alive. 
But the only difference was he wasn't like other normal children. <laughs> he, he didn't say mama dada first, he growled. <laughs> and I used to say, say hello to Auntie Sosa, say hello. He'd go, ah. And I'm like, ah, ah, ah. he's, you know, he's probably hungry. <laughs> and, <coughs> and, and I realized what that was, it was a roar. For his, some of his first words, as soon as he could speak, he would say, more fire. More fire. So I thought, well, we're going to use this energy. You can't keep this in too much fire in this little baby. So we used to go and pray in the prayer lines. And I used to say, Zachy, just put your hand on people. And he put his little hand, more fire. People would just go down. And just like, he'd just nail people. And now he gets so excited. As he got older, he realized this is a thing. I've got more fire. So as soon as he knew we were praying for people for Holy Spirit, he'd like, why didn't you call me? Uh, you know, like, that's oh, okay. There's still some people you can pray for. <laughs> More fire. He'd attack people. He'd hide behind things. And as soon as they could get up and walk home, he'd jump out and go, More fire. And they go, Ah, oh, fall over. I go, Baby, they had to get to lunch. You're very naughty. He go, Ha. Oh. So I have to bring him because he just loves you guys. And he was so bummed he couldn't be here. But he just wants people to be full of fire. Why? Because he was birthed in that. The two angels. <laughs> well, I just think it could have been the cherubim and the seraphim. I mean, they're very fiery. They actually mean they're fire, right? They're resurrection angels. You know, who, who was at Jesus' tomb? There were two angels that appeared. And I'm not saying my child is extra special, but I'm telling you that they're not at a location. God sends his resurrection power to places and people. And so some of you are going to raise the dead. So if you want to raise the dead, just stand up right now and just say, Holy Spirit, I want that. I want that. If you want to raise the dead, try and get there quickly when they've just died. <laughs> it's not nice when they're frozen. I know because I've tried. You have to wear gloves if you want to pray for people in the mortuary. Don't go to a mortuary without woolen gloves because it's frozen, 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 frozen. And if you want to stay a long time, you must put gloves on. I'm telling you, it's very practical help this. They don't write it in books, but that's what you need to do. So Holy Spirit, we thank you for Holy Spirit fire. We thank you, Father, for resurrection power. We thank you that you're blowing in fresh energy on people. <sighs> that people are having encounters where they're coming alive and they'll never be the same again. We thank you for visitations in the night. We thank you for wakey, wakey moments, for wakey, wakey moments. We thank you that when people wake up, they don't think it's just to go to the bathroom. They think it's you, God. It's you, God. You're waking us up so that we can see you high and lifted up doing great exploits. So Holy Spirit, give us opportunities to practice what your power is inside us for. Thank you that you give us opportunities to release your fire. Thank you that you give us opportunities to release your glory, to release your mercy, to release forgiveness, to re extend healing, and to stretch out our hands so that other hands may be made straight. We thank you for that. We thank you for that. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Thank you. And right now, if you've lost children... Whether they were aborted or whether they miscarried, whether they were murdered, I don't care what that is right now. I want you to lift up your hands to heaven. Father, we just thank you that you are able to give sight to these people that they can see their children in heaven.
I thank you, Holy Spirit, that they can sometimes appear in the cloud of witnesses and that we can see what they're up to. We thank you that you give us visions. And even in our dreams, Lord, that you would give us a heads up of what is happening in the spirit, in the realm of the spirit. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father, that you care about us and you care about our time here. So we don't want to spend endless time grieving when we can see, but we thank you for the grief is not for nothing. We want our eyes to be washed with salve so that we can see clearly, God. So we thank you for fresh eyes to see, fresh eyes to see in Jesus' name. Thank you, thank you, thank you, God. Thank you, holy, holy. All right. I wonder if we can get a chance to um, just release a blessing on people. We can, we can do it through um, a, a prayer tunnel because it's the quickest way for us to pray for you. You can walk through. We want to bless you. Here's the thing, though. Tonight, we're not going to prophesy over you, but we're also not just going to push you and rush you out. We want to spend time just to release a blessing to you. And, um, and I really believe in impartation. I really, really do. I, I honor what's on other people's lives when I hear their stories. And this, if this is from God, you can receive from God, right? But he uses people. So we want to bless you. And we want to be able to release a blessing to you. Would that be okay? Do you want to help us administrate that? Because it might be good if we had your, maybe your prayer ministry team up the front. You don't have to come through the prayer line, but if you want to, we would love the opportunity to bless you. All right. Yep. It, it will change your life. <laughs> I had a number of conditions that the Lord gave me that I just want to read out quickly because we're not going to pray for you in a traditional sense, but um, I felt there was someone suffering grief. Maybe that's already been covered. Uh, in this ministry that Izzy's given, uh, the, someone with a left elbow condition, right knee, neck pain, lower back pain, arthritis, particularly wrists, angina, depression, possibly even suicidal, and ulcers. So if that, any of those conditions are yours, and there'll be more that I haven't mentioned, we'll pray for you in the, pr in the prayer tunnel. Expect an instant miracle. If you haven't yet been baptized in the Holy Spirit and spoken in tongues, Come through the tunnel and say, well, I'd love that. Can I receive that? See, because as we saw God ministering to people both last night, all through the day, God has touched people way beyond what we said in English. God's done, because He's the Holy Spirit. He's moving. It says the wind blows where it wills. We just see the effect of it. And we heard so many beautiful testimonies of the effect of the wind of the Holy Spirit. So as we form this prayer tunnel, it's legal. We're just praying for you, Okay. We'll touch you. Don't stop. If you fall over in the tunnel, we'll have helpers. We'll just roll you out. And it's legal to come through more than once. We aren't in a hurry. We'll pray for every person repeatedly because we want to leave you an impartation so that when you go back to your churches, you're going to go back full, happy, blessed, satisfied, overflowing. So people will say, what happened to you? And you'll say, well, I was, I, 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 And it might, you know, I remember Izzy at 27. She was shy. She never spoke. She was, she was asked off the keyboard twice in the middle of the meeting by the pastor because she wasn't anointed enough. I'm perfectly serious. She had to recover from that and still roar like a lion. 
But at the age of 27, she stopped being a shy person, introverted, never speak, never sing. And she's been prophesying ever since then. Every meeting she's ever been in, thousands of people have been received because of one encounter. Just takes one. <laughs> or two. <laughs> or a whole string of them. And so we, we, we know God's going to bless you. We're going to bless you with, with whatever he, you need. And, and more, so that when we come back next year, I hope if they invite us back, of course, there'll be, there'll be stories of you taking encounters to your churches and to your people and having them at home. Our greatest longing is for this to happen in the streets. I remember once walking through Adelaide, we'd come out of a fire meeting, and, the, and two girls walking past us got slain in the spirit in the mall and started screaming with laughter. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it was so awkward because they were wearing mini skirts and there was no prayer cloths. <clears throat> I was like, so awkward. And I know it was because of the overflow. They just passed in our shadow and they got slain in the spirit. And I want to see this happen in, in, in the mall, in the marketplace, in, 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 in our coffee break at work, praying for people, seeing people healed. It's good for church. But it's even better for the world. The next revival is going to be in the streets and in the marketplaces. Come on. Amen. So we'll have some happy music, please. Thank you. And uh, we're, going to, we're going to worship. So maybe form a, form a line starting from, from this side. And we'll go through, through this way. Okay? So come down here and then make your way through. And good luck. <laughs>